Three, two, one. Welcome to the David the Dog Trainer Podcast, episode 126. Back again after, uh, it's been about two weeks since we've done an episode, and we're here to drop some knowledge on you. Yeah. Josh, what's good? It's been been a sad, sad time not having our podcast time together, you know? I know. <laughs> it just, uh, it's always something I look forward to, and then you just have to go off and watch some amazing golf and, you know, have a good time, so. Yeah. What's what's new in Dobe Productions? <clears throat> Not a whole lot, unfortunately. Uh, this was like the couple weeks of just getting uh, caught up on all my editing because uh, the first of July, man, the first two weeks it was just like shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> yeah, literally. So uh, this was just catching up on all my editing. So it was kind of a nice respite. Um, from not doing the podcast because it allowed me to just get everything done. So now I'm completely caught up. Today's August. Is today August 1st? Nope. We got so one more day. One more, one day. more day of July. So uh, I'm going to start this one with a fresh slate and uh, get some new clients, hopefully. I love that. Yeah. Uh, How about you? Not a whole lot. So um, today we are going to... <clears throat> Chat a little bit about a couple emails that I got. I'm just trying to pull up and find this second one because I accidentally opened it. You know, when you open stuff and then you lose them. You never see it again. Yeah. And you never see it again. Okay. So I'm going to read two emails that I received literally within the last six days. No, less than six days. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, five days. Two emails in the last five days on a consistent problem we work with a lot and ties into something we've been wanting to talk about for a while. So I'm going to read this first one, right? So this first email I received on Wednesday, this is from Jessica. This is somebody that just found me online, right? Okay. Uh, The title of this email is Contemplating Euthanasia for My Rescue. So here's the email. Hi, I found you on TikTok, and I'm hoping you can help me. I have four dogs, two males, two females. The two that are having the issues are the females. The oldest is my six-year-old rat terrier that I've raised from a puppy. The other is my rescue pit bull that I rescued from an abusive situation. I have no idea how old she is, but I've had her for four years. They have had small fights in the past, and I've reached out to other trainers to solve the issue, but the end result is always something randomly triggers the pit bull and the fighting starts again. The most recent fight, we were all on the sectional couch watching TV. The mailman comes to the door and puts a package on the porch. Mail dog starts barking at window. Rat terrier jumps in my lap. Pitbull attacks rat terrier. I separate them, and a few days later, the females get into it again while I'm stepping out of the shower into the hallway. But this fight was the tipping point for me. Pitbull has rat terrier's head in her mouth and will not let go. I end up with a broken wrist and staying in the hospital for two days from her biting me. Roommate ends up with punctures on the inside of her leg, and now the girls can't stand the sight of each other. Rat Terrier ends up with stitches around her throat and face. Like I said, the pit bull was a rescue, and it's been a dream dog for me. She just does not like my other female. She is not aggressive or even shows any type of annoyance towards my chihuahua or blue healer, who are both males. The third incident this summer was earlier this summer when I boarded all three of them. They were kept separate because of the girl's behavior in the past, and the pit bull, one of the employees, when the pit bull bit one of the employees on the back of their leg after they fed her. Mm. 
I used to think it was a resource guarding issue, geared towards my affection to the rat terrier, but now it's unclear. I do not think this dog will do well in another home. She hates men, strangers in general, is sketchy towards small children. She is sensitive to loud noises, bright lights, or anything outside of her normal routine causes her to shut down or show aggression. I am at the end of my rope with her, and I'm thinking about euthanizing her unless I can find a solution. Thank you in advance for any advice you can give me. Jessica. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's email one. <clears throat> Let's read email two. All right. This email's from Taylor. The title of the email is Three Dog Household Issues. Okay. Hello, David. I just ran across your TikTok. <laughs> Again. Uh, after my girls had their worst fight ever, I have three mini Aussies, all with varying levels of anxiety. They normally get along great and handle most situations well. This week has been an outlier of a week, but still want to curb the behavior and restore peace. At the end of the week, the girls had a stomach bug that made them irritable with one another, and they got into two small tiffs. They got over their bugs and remained friends. Yesterday, we had a housewarming party where the girls did amazing. Come today, and they run into each other, going to their lunches, and break out into a noisy fight. No connections, just a lot of noise and such. They break up super quick and are able to eat in a different room and still play together after. Now to the worst one. This evening, our middle dog is playing with a toy that normally is a shared tug toy and is a favorite of the two younger dogs. Normally, toys are not an issue, but apparently today it was. The youngest runs and jumps on the middle dog, and that starts the worst fight they have ever had. Ain, the middle, ended with a cut near her eye that we took her to the vet for to get it cleaned and bandaged. Emma, the youngest, has never been that aggressive before. She kept going after her. The older one tried to join in from the hallway. This also happened in our tightest hallway, which also seems to be a common factor for the tiffs and now fights, I suppose. Any and all help, tips, recommendations are greatly appreciated. Ooh. So that's email two. Some tough scenarios. <clears throat> this is... Okay. So, so we got to talk about this, mm. right? Because dog fights in households is such a, a, a common issue, I would say, we get called for. Mm. And we've talked a million times in the past about having been something that I've experienced myself with my dogs and have been able to successfully get past. And, you know, the, the first thing that goes through my head when I read these emails, mm. right, is I try to look for like inconsistencies or or um, blatant problems standing out to me. Mm. But past that, I always tell everybody, like like these two people, like I don't know where they're located in the country. They obviously just found me on TikTok, yeah. right? They probably saw a video I posted about working with fighting dogs or things like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always, like, like, and this is me making huge assumptions, right? But like they both ended the email with like, you know, any tips you could give me would be appreciated. It's like there, there's no tip I'm going to give you via an email, right? That is going to stop your dogs from getting into fights with each other because these yeah. situations are so much deeper than you could ever imagine, yeah. right? This is not a dog's fighting problem. No. It's not, right? This is a what the hell is going on in our house 
that's causing these dogs to want to fight with each other in the first place or feel like they should fight with each other in the first place, uh, a problem, right? And we need to go in and we need to look at it that way. And a lot of times, right, it's not a one dog issue, right? It's not a one-sided issue, right? And then a lot of times, it comes from us being so completely oblivious to some of our dog's problematic behaviors Mm. that we allow it to escalate to this point in the first place. Now, there are exceptions to that, right? There are some dogs that it really is a little random, and you could have pretty good control over your dog, and it still can happen, right? Um, But for the most part, when I get called for situations for, for stuff like this, like locally, right? Somebody calls me and says, hey, my dogs are getting in fights with each other, right? And if I do like an assessment or go to their house or something like that, the second I walk in the fucking door, the, the issues are so obvious because mm. the dogs are so completely out of control to begin with mm. that their interactions with each other are just constantly at this like fingers crossed. I hope it goes well. Right. Mm. And a lot of people, I think that have multiple dogs, they get so lucky that the dogs just are so even keeled as far as their temperaments towards each other that it never escalates into a problem. Mm. But others who have a dog that's just a little bit outside of that, that, that like perfect dog equation of like ones that just like don't like to fight or anything like that or don't ever have like the hint of aggression in them Mm -hmm. if you have no control over your dog it will turn into a fight eventually like it will it just will right so let's start off here by breaking down these emails a little bit and we're going to start with the first one and jessica i know you found us on tiktok if you find your way on this podcast and you're listening to the things i'm saying i mean no offense to you um these are the things that if you had hired me, I would be pointing out right off the rip, right? So let's break this down, right? <clears throat> so obviously, we get into the email. Four dogs, two males, two females, two of them having issues with each other. Six-year-old rat terrier raised from a puppy. The other's a rescue pit bull that they received from an abusive situation, right? So this is, this is I'm just going to take this paragraph at a time here, right? Okay. So what that says to me right off the rip is the rat terrier is your baby. You raised it since it was um, since it was a puppy. You've had it for six years old. You probably, it's a small dog, right? Mm. You have this association of like, this is the one I raised from birth, right? It's the golden child, whatever, <laughs> right? Right, like that's, and I'm just, I'm reading between the lines here, right? Um, the other one, rescue pit bull, you rescued from an abusive situation, right? That tells me right off the rip that this dog probably has a lot of issues that, um, because nobody says the dog's from an abusive situation unless they're justifying the dog's problematic behaviors. Yeah. Right. Um, that one probably has a lot of behavioral issues that you use the rescuing from an abusive situation as an excuse for those poor behavioral issues. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's how we dissect this first thing, right? So you have two dogs that are getting in fights with each other. You have a rat terrier and you have a pit bull. Mm -hmm. The rest of that is all irrelevant unless we're using it to justify something. Next one. They have had small fights in the past. You've reached out to other trainers to solve the issue, but the end result is always something randomly triggers the pit bull and the fighting starts again, right? So that tells me nothing about the training that you've done so far. Yeah. Right? And... Given the fact that the fights that you broke down here, which we'll talk about in a second, are actually very predictable things, and actually I could look at it and be like, well, that's obvious why that happened, Mm -hmm. Um, that tells me that one of two things. One, 
the trainers you worked with, you probably didn't work with that long and you probably didn't try that much training with the dogs because if you did, the trainer would be able to tell you exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Or two, you worked with completely incompetent trainers that weren't able to look at this situation and be like, well, that's obvious why that happened, right? Mm -hmm. So your, your training you've tried so far is, is probably not very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next one. Most recent fight, we were all in the sectional watching TV. The mailman comes to the door and puts a package on the porch. The dog starts barking out the window. Rat Terrier jumps into your lap. Pitbull attacks Rat Terrier. I separate them. A few days later, the females get into it again while stepping out of the shower into the hallway. Okay, so this is a case in point example of redirected aggression, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I mean about when I go to people's houses. I could look right away at the situation and tell what the problems are is because 90% of the time when somebody's at the front door, we lose absolutely all control over the dogs. And on top of that, the dogs are going absolutely bananas, which is a mm -hmm. completely unhealthy, protective state of mind. They're mm -hmm. all acting independently to try to defend their territory. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, that energy is like a magnet to some dogs, mm -hmm. right? Especially you get into some of these pities and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That want to just like, just get over and control that energy. And then you got a little dog, problematic behavior, right? 90% yeah. of the time when we're dealing with fights, Fights are coming from a place of one or two dogs disciplining, excuse me, other dogs for something that we should be disciplining them for in the first place, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. you know, you just said, obviously, the rat terrier jumped into your lap. Was the rat terrier going crazy and you kind of accidentally like picked it up to scoop it into your lap to try to stop it from misbehaving? And then the pit bull tried to jump on top of the rat terrier and attacked it then at that point. Mm -hmm. But because the rat terrier is the dog that you raised from puppy and probably have a hard time seeing problems with it and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, you didn't see it that way. You just saw it as, oh, the rat terrier just jumped into my lap, mm -hmm. right? But that dog was probably actually reacting and you were trying to control it because it's a little dog. You could easily scoop it up and take it into your lap, Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. This is what I mean, right? Like these are, these are all of the ways that I look at these types of situations, mm -hmm. right? And then that pit bull would be disciplining the rat terrier for, hey, you're acting completely unstable right now, so I'm going to take my energy and I'm going to toss it onto that. Mm. right so okay. that's a that's a case in point example of like i would look at that how do we stop that type of fight from happening we have to gain complete and utter control around these dogs around all of these different types of distractions mm. primarily people at the front door packages getting dropped off stuff like that there's no reason why your dog should be going so crazy that this situation happens yeah right additionally this whole idea of like we're all just like cuddling on the couch together and stuff like that god i hear that so much you wouldn't even imagine i worked with a household one time years and years and years and years ago they had like six dogs right oh my god. and uh they they called me over to the house to do an assessment because they had a massive fight breakout that resulted in the wife like breaking her arm oh my um god. like 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 breaking up the fight and stuff like that yeah and um the first thing they told me when i got to the house was um Every single night, we go downstairs into the basement, and we all get on the they had a huge, a huge house, a big sectional couch, mm. right? And all six of the dogs and him and his wife and stuff, they'd all have this big cuddle fest on there watching TV together, mm. right? Guys. I, I know like social media puts all these pictures all the time like out there of like all these dogs snuggling together and doing this and doing that. Mm -hmm. But that is a god 
damn recipe for fucking disaster. Yeah. Right? Because once one of the one they're all cuddling up on that couch trying to get as close as possible to you because you are ultimately their resources. Yeah. And those dogs may have a stable enough relationship with each other where they could tolerate it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But once one of them feels like the other is threatening uh, 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 their resource a little too much or whatever it may be, you are all in such a vulnerable position where mm-hmm. it is just going to fizzle up and just fucking explode into this fight, which is exactly what happened with this family, mm-hmm. which resulted in these dogs getting absolutely fucked up. The wife literally was in a full arm cast because her arm got broken with one of the dogs redirecting onto her oh uh, from the fight breaking out. Yeah. Like These are just things when you have multiple dog households, you really just shouldn't do. Yeah. You really just should not do it. I feel it. So, continuing on here, right? Um, this this fight was the tipping point for me. The pit bulls, the rat terriers, head in her mouth and will not go. I end up with a broken wrist, staying in the hospital for two days from her biting me. Roommate ends up with punctures on the inside of her leg, and now the girls can't stand the sight of each other. Rat terrier ends up with stitches around her throat and face. So, so this is the thing, right? Like, this was the tipping point one. Mm-hmm. But there's been many up until this point, right? Yeah. The first time you start seeing altercations happen between your dogs, right? And what I mean by that is anything other than the most normal of minor little correction, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking any sort of squabbles, any sort of competing over resources, any sort of competing over you, stuff like that. That is the time where you say, this can't ever happen again. Yeah. Not when it hits a point where you're in the hospital, your roommate's in the hospital, one of the dogs almost died. Yeah. Like, that dog easily could have died right there. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. I'm shocked it didn't, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to stop there. Yeah. It can't stop way in the future, mm-hmm. right? And again, if you were working with a good trainer, the trainer would have been able to instruct you on some major changes you could have made right away to put yourself in a position where you were immediately setting the tone and getting these dogs to fuck under control in the house. Right. Yeah. And again, I promise I'm not like I'm not like digging on you. I'm just giving you the realities of like if you want to get past this kind of stuff, this is the only way you can look at it. You yeah. have to be able to look at everything you're doing wrong. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> so, so this next one is really the kicker. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> like I said, the pit bull was a rescue and has been a dream of a dog for me. She just does not like my other female. She is not aggressive or even shows any type of annoyance towards my chihuahua or blue healer who are both males. <laughs> so, so this one is the kicker because let's, let's fast forward to two paragraphs later. <laughs> um, I used to think it was a resource guarding issue geared towards my affection to the rat terrier. But now it's unclear. I do not think this dog will do well in another home. She hates men, strangers in general, is sketchy towards small children. She is sensitive to loud noises, bright lights, and anything outside of her normal routine causes her to shut down or show aggression. Additionally, the third incident this summer was uh, this summer was earlier this summer when I boarded all three of them. They were kept separate because of the girl's behavior in the past, and the pit bull bit one of the employees on the back of their leg after they fed her. Hmm. Now let's go back. Like I said, the pit bull was a rescue and has been a dream of a dog for me. Uh, a nightmare? <laughs> 
And then let's go to all the way to the beginning. The other is my rescue pit bull that I rescued from an abusive situation. What was the first thing I said when I read that? You're really highlighting the abusive situation because you're making excuses for the dog's problematic behaviors elsewhere. Yep. Yep. So so let's look at this, right? If we want to successfully have a multi-dog household, Mm -hmm. right? We want to own multiple dogs. We want to keep them all safe. We want to make sure we have adequate control over them. And specifically, we want to make sure we never run into inner dog household aggression issues. Yeah. You can't have behavioral issues with your dogs. This is this is this is mm. this is the thing maybe people are going to give me a little shit for, right? But I genuinely believe if you want to keep your dogs safe with each other, you cannot make an excuse for any behavioral issue your dog has that doesn't pertain to them fighting with each other mm. because if we say we don't have control over our dog's serious problematic behavioral issues whether it's aggression whether it's anxiety whether it's whatever it may be towards these things outside of the house if we're saying we don't have control over that if for whatever reason it starts turning towards the dogs in the house you definitely are not going to have control over that yeah Right? No way. So if I were to work with this client, let's say she said, David, I'm fucking, I live two blocks away from you and I want you to come help me rehab my dogs over the course of the next three months. Right? Here's what I would do. I would say, don't have these dogs together right now. Mm -hmm. I would go into the house. I would immediately get these dogs fitted up with e-collars or some sort of corrective device. And I wouldn't do any obedience training. My first thing I would do is I would absolutely fucking squash any and all behavioral issues that are happening individually with these dogs. They would have no furniture access anymore. They would not be allowed to put their paws on me, the little dog jumping into your lap, right? Assuming it just jumped into your lap and you didn't pick it up and put it in your lap, Mm -hmm. right? Any reactivity towards anything going on outside of the house would be squashed. Any and all food aggression would be squashed. All of that stuff would just be gone. It would would be gone and I would just get it the fuck under control. Mm -hmm. Resort back to our episode we did a couple weeks ago on get it under control because this applies in these types of situations. We yep. need to get this under control. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, also, quick side note, just saw Zay, the dog we talked about in that again yesterday. Mm-hmm. That dude is crushing it so fucking hard. It's literally not Let's even funny. Go. I went to go do the follow-up yesterday, and I was like, you know, I usually go in, and my first thing I like to do with like board and train follow-up lessons, I was like, tell me what's been bad or, or tell me what needs work. I was like, even if it's like a nitpicky little thing yeah. that's like not seemingly a big deal, just tell me anything that we could work on right now. And they're like, there's literally nothing. Oh, man. Like he's doing so good. Like yeah. it, there's no problems that we're having right now oh. because we got it the fuck under control. All right. Let, let's bring back to here. Let's go. Right. That is what we would need to do. Right, we would need to go in, and we need to stop all this shit. She hates men. Well, guess what? Your dog doesn't have the option to hate men anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Strangers in general is sketchy towards small children. First off, children probably shouldn't be coming up and petting your dog. But we need to get this dog bombproof, neutral around children. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know what sensitive to loud noises and bright lights means. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think that that could be anything. Let's say it's. Let's say the dog has. Uh, noise reactivity from the standpoint of like if some loud noise goes on outside, they get really defensive and stuff like that. Can't fucking happen anymore. Not allowed. Uh, Sensitivity to bright lights. I I don't know. That could be uh, like how dogs get light obsessions over like laser pointers and things like that. That is a frantic neurotic behavior of trying to catch, grab, and kill like those lights that are going on. 
can't fucking happen anymore. Same shit when the dog then takes it and redirects it towards another dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all that shit, it just has to stop. Mm -hmm. It can't happen anymore because that's why the dog is fighting the other dogs. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So so this is not unpredictable. No. Right? Again, uh, the... uh, the, uh, Whatever, yeah. They've had small fights in the past and I've reached out to other trainers to solve the issue, but the end result is always something randomly triggers the pit bull and the fighting starts again. This is not nothing about what you said to me is random. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Right? Your pit bull has serious issues that are very obvious. Yeah. Right? And the problem is those serious issues are just getting redirected onto the other dog Mm -hmm. because we're making excuses for them because we think the dog was abused, even though the dog probably wasn't actually abused. The dog probably is just genetically a little bit unsound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so, so that's that's email one, and and that's the breakdown of that one. Yeah. Right. <sighs> give me a break. Okay. Give me yeah, some, yeah, give yeah. Me some, I need I need I need a little, <laughs> little breather. Here. Yeah. Water. No. I think the, you know the the biggest takeaway for people in that is is kind of what you said earlier on was the first problem was should have been the tipping point, you know, and how we you know, a lot of dog owners will just kind of, you know, throw that away. Like, oh, it wasn't serious. You know, it was just a little loud squabble. So just because it wasn't as serious as, you know, the end result, like, but that was your sign, you know? Yep. That that was your, your sign that, okay, I should prevent this now before it is, you know, the dog's head is in the other dog's mouth, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think people do downplay those little squabbles, even though it was just, uh, you know, but you got to take it more serious immediately, mm-hmm. especially with, like you said, dog aggression, like the redirection and the, the, the aggression towards each other. You can't have that in a cohesive household. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I think that was the big thing for me is like when you see it immediately, you get, you got to get it, get shit done right now. Not yeah. when it gets worse, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you need to look at every single one of those situations, even the smallest squabble, right? Let's say your dogs have never gotten in serious fights with each other. Yeah. But you've had a couple squabbles here and there, mm-hmm. right? And we chalk it up as, eh, it wasn't a big deal, right? Yeah. Nobody was hurt. They squabbled a little bit, then it stopped. I don't know. It could have been this, could have been that, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. You need to figure out why that squabble happened so you can make sure that whatever led to that minor fight happening that it never happens again yeah, and never escalates into a bigger fight. Because a lot of times this stuff compounds too, where it's like a little fight, a little fight, a little fight, and each one of those gets like marginally more intense mm-hmm. until it turns into the bigger one, yeah. right? And we look at it as like, well, they were all little fights before. Why was this one so big? It's like, because it kept happening mm-hmm. and kept intensifying. And each time the dogs fought, because it's self-reinforcing to some extent, they want to fight harder the next time, Yeah, right? <clears throat> okay, so let's look at the second email and see if we could dissect this one also. This one, I just got this morning, so this is like my first time really reading it. All okay. right, so let's see. Uh, my girls had their worst... Okay, just ran into your TikTok after my, my girls had their worst fight ever, right? So that tells me these dogs have been fighting before. Yeah. Like, like what we just talked about, right? Like, they probably have had a lot of little squabbles before over stuff that we've just chalked up as not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? And we didn't really look at seriously and say, why did this happen? How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Yeah. I have three mini Aussies, all with varying levels of anxiety. Massive mm-hmm. problem behavioral issues amongst the dogs individually. Anxiety issues with dogs is a very common reason why dogs will start getting attacked in multi-dog households. Yeah. Unstable energy. Dogs want to control because it drives them fucking insane. Yeah. 
right? Especially if they're anxious themselves. Oh, yeah. Right? They normally get along great and handle most situations well. Uh, This week has been an outlier of a week, but we still want to curb the behavior and restore peace. The start of the week, the girls had a stomach bug that made them irritable with one another, and they got into two small tiffs. All right, we're making excuses. The stomach bug, listen, when dogs aren't feeling good, sure, they could be a little more irritable over things and stuff like that. But if I have adequate control over them, there shouldn't be a reason why a stomach bug would cause them to start becoming aggressive towards each other mm-hmm. unless they were left to their own devices yeah. and not being given adequate direction by me, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes I, I hear clients do this with like one-on-one sessions and stuff. Like yeah. maybe they'll cancel a session for a week or two because one of the dogs is getting sick, right? Um, and, you know, they'll come back and they'll be like, well, the dog was sick or, 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 you know, a, a dog will, will have a surgery for something or whatever it may be. And they'll be like, well, it's been like three weeks since we've been able to do things. So the dog started regressing back and this and that. It's mm-hmm. like... Guys, your dog being ill or being injured or whatever it may mean, yes, that means you can't work on your obedience training with the dog all the time, but Mm -hmm. the rules still apply. If one of my dogs is sick and because they're sick and irritable, they start getting reactive out the window towards shit, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to fucking punish them very firmly for that. Hell yeah. If one of my dogs... Uh, uh, had a surgery and is like actually injured or Vera when she tore her ACL and she was like all laid out from that and stuff like that. If she started resource guarding bones because her leg hurt her, she would have still, even though she's injured, gotten punished very firmly for that behavior. Your dog's illness or injury is not an excuse for poor behavior. Yeah. And you need to look at it that way because sometimes we too often will make the excuse and be like, well, they're sick, so I'm not going to correct them, right? Mm. Oh, they're injured, so I can't I can't put the e-collar on them. They mm. just had a surgery. Their leg hurts, this, that. You got to do, right? Like, it, it's just the way it is, right? Like, if 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 your child had a bad day and, and is feeling sick and decided to go fucking rob a bank mm. because of it, yeah. like, like, they're still going to get in big trouble for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Like it, it. That's just the way it is, yeah. right? In obedience training, let me say this again for like louder for people in the back, right? Is that what they're saying, <laughs> right? Uh, obedience training has nothing to do with your dog not rehearsing behavioral issues. Zero. <clears throat> okay, where was? I uh, had a stomach bug, made him irritable. With the other one, and they got into small tiffs. They got over their bugs and remained friends. Yesterday, we had a housewarming party where the girls did amazing. Come today, and they run into each other, going to their lunches and break out into a noisy fight. So that means the dogs are entirely too impulsive over their food, and you don't have adequate control over feeding time, right? So listen, Mm. one, you need to get adequate control over feeding time. I've talked about this before. I've shown videos of how I feed my dogs uh, and make sure that there's no problems or anything like that. Um, But feeding time, if you don't have control over the dogs, that will turn into a fight eventually. Yeah. Right. There is no reason why one dog should run over and bump into another while they're eating. And if just the one running over and bumping into the other dog caused a fight to happen, that means that that situation has happened many times before where the dog's threshold to it happening is so low that today was the day they decided to fight over it because mm-hmm. they probably just kind of grumbled or squabbled a little bit or things like that in the past numerous times before. And at that point, it was just like enough is enough. I'm fighting over this now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they even said no connections, just a lot of noise and stuff. So again, a squabble, right? That we probably chalked up as, oh, it's no big deal, right? 
Uh, they break up super quick and are able to eat in different rooms and still play together after, right? It's it's just like they, like that's a major problem. That's probably happened many times leading up to this point that we need to get the fuck under control. Mm-hmm. Now to the worst one this evening. Our middle dog is playing with a toy that normally is a shared tug toy and is a favorite amongst our two younger dogs. Big red flag. Mm-hmm. Big red flags. Toys are not designed to be shareable. To- Actually, let me let me caveat that. Some toys, I'm sure, are designed to be shareable toys. You should not have shareable toys amongst dogs. I don't care how good your dog is with playing tug with your other dog with each other. I don't want my dogs competing with each other. Yeah. That just no. shouldn't happen. It turns into problems. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no reason why when one dog is engaging with a toy that another one should need to come over and share that toy with No. Them. That's putting them in such a vulnerable position that if we just nix that and we say, if you have a toy, you're not fucking with you. If you have a toy, you're not fucking with you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm. it won't be a problem. Yeah. Right? 100%. <clears throat> Normally, toys are not an issue, but apparently today was because as trainers were able to look at that situation, like you described, of shared toys, they love to play tug with each other, this and that, as that will turn into a problem eventually. To you, it's this should just be fine, mm-hmm. right? But it will turn into a problem eventually, so you can't have that. The youngest runs and jumps on the middle dog. There's no reason why they should come and run and, and jump on the other dog, right? Yeah. Uh, and it starts the worst fight they ever had. Uh, the middle dog ended up with a cut near her eye. We took her to the vet for to get it clean and bandaged. The youngest has never been that aggressive before. She kept going after her because it compounds. It escalates over time. And once dogs start fighting, it generally will intensify very quickly. Mm-hmm. The older one tried to join in from the hallway. That's because fights are like a magnet. When two dogs are fighting with each other, all the others want to try to get mm-hmm. involved in it because that energy is addictive. This also happened in our tightest hallways, which also seems like a common factor for the tiffs and now fights, I suppose. So it sounds like a lot of issues happen in that hallway that we probably should have done a better job up until this point, looking at, dissecting, and figuring out why is this happening right now. Mm -hmm. So that's the other one, right? So again, dogs with massive anxiety issues, getting Mm -hmm. into fights with each other. Like it's... (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. These issues are so much more cut and dry than people think. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot a lot of trainers have a hard time helping owners with fighting issues, which is why you see so many trainers, they say things like, oh, once the dogs start fighting, they're never going to stop fighting and this and that. It's, it's, I will say that it's very fucking hard for an average owner to go from having dogs that get in fights with each other to dogs that don't fight anymore with each other, but it is not impossible. Is not impossible, but I think most trainers have a really hard time breaking that stuff down and figuring out. Like, we just dissected exactly why both of those people are having their issues, Mm -hmm. right? And exactly what the solution is for it is individually, we have to get those dogs perfect and we have to make sure that we understand why these fights are happening. We proactively don't put them in a position where they're going to happen again. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it before too, or, you know, you were kind of saying it with the first one where. You, you blame the wrong dog yeah. in some points, too. And I, I feel like that that's in both of these situations where it's like you're, you're looking at it as a group. You know, it's a group effort. Like, we need to get these dogs good together. But like you said, you need to break it down and just get each one perfect in their own way before you even think about having them back in as a group, right? Yep. And that that makes total sense. But... To the average person, I guess I could see where you would think, oh, well, you know, it's it's a them problem. Like, we have to get them to good together first. No. Yeah. 
No, you're, you're, you you just, it's easy to look at it the wrong, you know, the complete opposite of how you would actually have to break it down. Yeah. And also it is hard too because it's in your household. So yep. now to get everything perfect, you're going to have to like sacrifice a lot of time and effort to keep them separated. And Yeah, that that's that. a lot of the big thing is, is you know, those dogs, if those dogs have as, as serious of individual behavioral issues as it sounds like they do, mm-hmm. um, they can't be together right now. Yeah. You know, so like you got to ask yourself, like, can I live this life of like separation with these dogs while we work on these problems? Yeah. And it shouldn't take long. Like, guys, like this is not a, a, a 17 month long process. Like if you're really taking this serious and getting shit under control, you should in, you know, three or four weeks be able to get these dogs in a highly manageable place mm-hmm. um, where they realize shit is different. Like things yeah. are just not flying anymore. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, uh, be able to get past this kind of stuff, you know, but that's really the only way that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's getting that structure. Yeah. Why don't you put that in place? Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's tough. So, um, so, so let's do this, right? So, so I'll talk about, we've said, I was going to do it a bunch of times. I'll talk about the, the two situations. My dogs got into fights with each other. I'll break those down and I'll explain to you why those Cause, cause I had to do the same process, right? When it happened with me, I had to look at why are these dogs fighting with each other? Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out what the reason for it was. And I had to figure out um, how we were going to go about solving that problem to make sure that it didn't happen again. Right. Yeah. So so my dogs got into. So I have I have four dogs in my house. Right. I've got uh, Deli and Vera, who are my two pitties. Right. So one of them was like my dog. Mm-hmm. One of them was my wife's dog when I met her. Um, and then we have uh, our Malinois and we have our mini Labradoodle. Right. So Deli and Vera. Um, are the two that they got into two gnarly fucking fights with each other. Like, fights with each other where, like, you want to talk about, like, dogs, like, like being in a position where they could, like, almost die. Like, I literally thought at one point I was going to be coming home to, like, a dead dog, right? Yeah. So, so my wife and I met each other, right? Deli, we had trained. I met her through, uh, she did a board and train with her, right? And we had been seeing each other for... I don't know, maybe like six months at this point, a little over six months at this point. We weren't living together or anything, but like we were with each other enough. The dogs had met each other or stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? And um, Deli and Vera always had this interesting relationship with each other where they just constantly played, right? Like like they played hard with each other of like mm-hmm. going crazy and noise and jumping and this and that and blah, blah, blah right? And, uh, you know, it was something that, like, for me as a dog trainer, right? Like, play is normal, but play is competition. It is. You know what I mean? I always tell everybody, like, two dogs playing with each other. We look at it as, as this, like, innocent thing of, like, they're friends. I think one of the girls in the email said, like, they remain friends with each other. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not that, right? Like, play is two animals trying to figure out who's more superior than the other in this, like, competition type format mm-hmm. right so different than like mma fighters getting in the ring and sparring with each other you yeah know? like there's yeah. not inherently this aggression behind it right mm-hmm. but they are competing right it is like a you yeah. know for some dogs always kind of that fine line oh, yeah. of like where is it play and where is it not play <laughs> yeah you know yeah <clears throat> and both dogs were were very well trained at this point obviously neither of them really had very many individual behavioral issues or anything like that but they played really hard with each other yeah. you know and it's one of those things where you know again that's normal but we always like to make sure you know the e-collars are on them and uh you know i always say when dogs are kind of developing relationships with each other we just want to make sure we're always monitoring it 
and supervising so that if it starts to kind of fizzle into this point where it's like no longer acceptable, uh, we can correct for that, yeah. right? And we could stop it quickly like that, right? Mm. So I was going out of town. I was going to be out of town for a week. Uh, and Kate was going to be watching both of the dogs, right? Mm-hmm. She was watching Deli and Vera. The other dogs were staying at the facility, right? Um, and you know, she, she, you know, you know, she's kind of fresh into this like lifestyle of like dating a dog trainer, yeah. and, like, you know, <laughs> kind of knowing all the ins and outs of stuff, but yeah. like, you know, like honestly, like even, even to me, like I never really expected that there was going to be a problem with them. I kind of figured it was they're figuring this thing out with each other and mm. like, you know, never so far in the six months fizzled over into a problem. Right. But like, you know, so, so it'll be fine. Just monitor it, keep the e-collars on, whatever, you know? Um, and you know, they were good together, good together, good together. I think maybe we're five days into the trip, something like that. Mm. And suddenly I get a phone call, right. Mm. And uh, I pick it up and it's, um, my wife's roommate at the time that lived with her. And, and she's like, Oh my God, the dogs just got in like a really big fight with each other. We don't know what to do this. She's like panicking. Right. I was like, Oh shit. Mm. Right. Like, so, 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 you know, they had stopped the fight, you know, and, and I, I called the facility. I was able to get one of my trainers to go run over there and help them out, obviously. Mm. And it turns out like they were playing with each other. Um, Kate had just taken their e-collars off of them to charge them or something like that. Uh, And generally in that case, we would separate the dogs, right? Because we Mm. can't really do anything then at that point. Mm. And they were playing, doing their normal stuff. They're watching them hanging out. And it, you know, did what in a lot of cases it'll do, which is it just fizzled over into a fight, right? Mm. And because they didn't have e-collars on or collars and, you know, obviously, you know, neither of them really knew how to break up a dog fight or anything like that. Understandably so. They've never been in that position before. Uh, they really struggled to break it up. And these dogs tore each other up like mm. pretty good. Like they were like mm. Vera had like four drains coming out of her. She had a cut from her fucking eyeball, like down her nose where like the vet was saying, you know, if that was just like an inch further, she probably would have lost her eyeball from it and stuff like it was serious mm-hmm. right it was a serious serious fight right um got it broken up everybody obviously survived and was okay yeah. and stuff and you know i got back and you know we had to get right to work figuring out you know that one it was kind of i don't want to say obvious right but like you yeah. know it was a little it was pretty understandable why it happened right mm-hmm. it, it was a normal progression we'll see which is the the intense play was being monitored but not in a position to intervene if it fizzled over and it fizzled over and because we weren't in a position to address it it turned into a fight because we didn't really know how to effectively break up a fight Mm -hmm. it turned into a big fight and uh you know we we had to put them back together right so the biggest thing when fights happen i always tell everybody is you really need to assuming you have good training on the dogs right you really need to get them back together as soon as possible so these dogs were both in freaking cones torn up and stuff like that and right away as soon as i got back it's like we're getting you guys in the same room together we're making sure that there's no hard feelings or anything like that you know and uh you know they healed up and you know maybe there was like a little bit of funniness here and there because they were a little apprehensive you know it's normal dogs would be a little apprehensive around each other immediately after a fight Mm -hmm. and we just taught them to kind of go separate ways do their own thing and it was really interesting because like from that point on (laughs) from that point on there was literally like like they didn't play with each other anymore 
yeah. you know, which obviously we don't really care about, right? Like it's like yeah. a lot of people look at like, oh, they, they humanize it too much and they look at, oh, before they played so much, they were friends and now they just, you know, they just don't even, they don't even acknowledge each other and they think that they're sad and this and that. It's like, no, they, they figured out whatever it was. They got in the fight. They realized it didn't work. They realized that they didn't need to compete with each other anymore because ultimately we took over total charge of that and, and we were past it, right? And um, for a long time, they were great with each other. We moved in with each other. Everything was fine. Um, that was, God, that situation happened and that was probably 2019 when that happened, I would guess, right? Mm-hmm. So totally fine with each other. No problems or anything like that. Fast forward to um, maybe just over two years ago, right, yep. is when is when the second one happened, right? And uh, this is right after we got Waffles, our Labradoodle that we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, getting back to, to, you know, dynamic shifts and like when you're adding dogs to households, how, you know, yes, your dogs are individually developing a relationship with this new dog, but they're also kind of individually developing a relationship with, with each other mm. in the presence of that new dog, right? Mm-hmm. And similar situation, honestly, right? So, so, you know, they had been fine together, right? They were good. Um, I think we had him for a couple months at this point. And we started noticing over a couple of weeks that the dogs, Deli and Vera, were individually starting to play with waffles a lot more, right? They mm. would go into the yard and they'd start fucking zipping around and and, and flying around and playing mm. with them individually. And they didn't really play with each other, but like Deli would play with waffles for a while, right? And mm. then like later in the day, Vera would play with waffles for a while. And same deal, getting back to play as competition, they were trying to figure out what the heck's up with this this mm-hmm. little guy's yeah. kind of kind of attention and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, you know, naturally, all of these things happen when I'm not home, right? Of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Kate was getting home from work. She let them out of their kennels, uh, and she was just going to go. I think she was just like letting them out real quick, and then going somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. just letting them out for a quick potty break, right? So she didn't put um, she didn't put the e collars on them, um, and she let them into the yard. And then, you know, the way, like, our door, so we open the door, we let him out into the yard, and then right next to that door is, like, our kitchen, which has a big window that overlooks the backyard, right? Mm-hmm. So she was in the kitchen, right, and, like, just grabbing, like, something out of the fridge to drink or something real quick, and then was going to go back outside with them. And she looks out the window and just sees mm-hmm. Deli and Vera fucking getting into it with each other, Right. So she panics, she runs outside, and, you know, she the first thing she did, which is what I tell everybody to do in a dogfight situation, is contain the fight, right? So all four dogs were outside. We talked in all these situations about how, like, fights can be a magnet for other dogs. Yeah. So the first thing she did was run to the door and get Waffles and Vinny inside so that it didn't escalate past just being a two-dog issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then she goes outside and starts trying to break them up, but, like, they didn't have e-collars on. It's mm-hmm. big yard. They're kind of running around the yard. She couldn't get them to break up. And this is where it was really scary because she actually called me. I was getting ready to start a send-home lesson. And she calls me. She's like, oh, my God, like, like Deli and Vera are fighting with each other, and I can't get them to stop, right? And I was just like, I, you know, I'm I'm 25 minutes away at this point. Yeah. I was like, I, you know, they can't fight for 25 yeah. minutes, right? Yeah, like, you got to stop. I was it. like, you have to, right? Yeah. Like, like, you've got to get them to stop, yeah. right? Like, and I, I quickly told her, I was like, you know, go grab, grab a slip lead, you know, make like a noose around one of them and just, 
you know, like uh, choke her off, do, you know, do whatever you got to do to stop it. And luckily she wound up stopping it. One of our neighbors was home and like was able to run over and help her with the situation and stuff like that. Um, but, but that was, I mean, like, honestly, yeah. like, you know, like you kind of get like goosebumps, like, like thinking about it and stuff like yeah. that. Like that was really scary. Cause I literally thought I was driving home to a dead dog. I thought one of my dogs yeah, fucked up. Right. And, and they, same deal. They did tear each other up pretty good. But like, you know, what was interesting is like that fight. I don't think they were as injured as they were the first one. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. So, so that situation happened. Right. And, um, you know, same deal. We got them healed up, right? We isolated what the problem was again, and it was a very similar situation to what happened uh, before with Delhi and Vera. It was just more indirect, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of competition was happening amongst Vera with waffles and amongst Delhi with waffles. We weren't being as aware of it as we needed to, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, it, it, it fizzled over into a problem when likely what happened because she didn't see it start. She just saw it like right after it started. What probably happened is they both went out there. Deli starts running around with waffles. Vera tried to jump in to chase waffles. And mm-hmm. because they both were competing over the same resource, which mm-hmm. was waffles, and they were in that competition state of mind, yeah. boom, turns into a fight, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at that, you know, we know adding another dog into a household, you have to heavily monitor those interactions again and treat it just like we talked about when two dogs are meeting each other, which is where if things fizzle over, you're in a position to correct for it and stop it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so same deal. We had to go back in and uh, we reintroduced them right away. I think I took the next two days off of work and I just sat at home in the fucking living room. I got pictures on my phone. I'll have to pull up or something and maybe add into this or something where I remember I had a picture. I'm in the living room. And both these dogs are fucking, they're all sewn up and stuff. They tore each other up. They got their cones on and shit. And just one of them's right there. One of them's right there. (laughs) And it's just, I sat there for fucking two days and I just monitored that situation. I think at one point, uh, Vera kind of like walked past Deli and Deli was really nervous and kind of grumbled a little bit. And I corrected the shit out of her for it. And I think that was, it was it. That was it, you know? Yeah. You know, again, it's been, you know, two years since that incident and, you know, fingers crossed, obviously we don't run into it again, but like, you know, I say all this, like, because we live a very normal life now, Mm -hmm. you know, like even in between those fights and now, like there's no problems, you know, like there's not like stress. There's not this constant sense of like, oh my God, like, you know, like. You know, we really got to keep an eye on them and this and that. Like, we do. And, you know, I think, you know, Kate kind of learned from some of the mistakes that she made when she was watching them, you know. And, uh, you know, now she's, she's, you know, I think sometimes you have one. I think that the, the thing is, right, we never had little squabbles, right, leading up to, to points or anything like that. They were always fine because 90% of the time I was there. And, like, I really, like, I, I just personally am, like, very hyper aware of, like, things going on with dogs, you know? So, you know, anything would have always been stopped prior to it turning into, like, any sort of big problem, right? Mm -hmm. But because Kate, kind of a new dog owner, new in the multi-dog, she never had multiple dogs before or anything like that, right? Her only experience with it was one really big fight. She kind of probably got into almost that, like, like honeymoony state of mind or whatever you want to call it, like Mm -hmm. people do after the little squabbles, which is, Oh, well, that was probably just a fluke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why she probably started to kind of let her guard down a little bit too much. 
uh, which which is what led to that second one happening, you know? And yeah. now I think she kind of realizes like, well, like forever and ever, you have to be on top of this kind of stuff, right? Because both these dogs are, are not aggressive dogs. Like they're, mm. they're both individually very good with other dogs. They're fine with each other now and stuff, but they're dogs, right? Mm. And push comes to shove in the right situations. Like this kind of stuff can always happen. And when you have multiple dogs, right? And you have power breed dogs. I talk about this a lot. Like pit bulls are power breeds, mm. right? Which is why in their case, the fights tend to be much more intense. Yeah. You just, you can't ever go into it just like, oh, like I've got five fur babies that are just <laughs> fine. Yeah. They're just expected to get along without me doing any sort of like high end training or, mm -hmm. or, or anything like that with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. So those were the situations we ran into, you know? And like yeah. I said, we were able to work past it. And and, 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 and there's, there's always hope for it. You just have to learn from your mistakes with those types of things, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And <laughs> like you said, like, you should, like, you're at a point now where you're not, like, scared about it all the time or, or worried or upset or, you know, there's no weird dynamic in your household. And honestly... You know, because we've been doing the podcast since that happened, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that next week, it was like pretty much everything was back to normal yeah. with them, you know, but yeah, you can't, you, it's like a weird fine balance because you can't let yourself get too lax on things. Yeah. But also you guys have like a perfect point right now where it's like, okay, yeah, we know what can happen, but it's yeah. not like we're not worried about it every day. You mm -hmm. know, we've had, a, we have enough like like things in place in in your household that it's not probably ever going to happen again you yeah. know and and now it's like yeah if the dynamic does change like if you get another puppy mm -hmm. in the future or whatever you're going to have those the, you know you know yeah. how to deal with it you know sure. mm -hmm. when it when the hierarchy is being figured out again yeah you know it, it's so funny like people act like all the time like the, the hierarchy thing like isn't real you know yeah. like there's so much of this like people are like oh well dominance theory is fucking <laughs> you know it's it's debunked and it's not real and this and that and it's like this such bullshit because yeah. like that's literally the reason why those fights happened yeah is because they were figuring out their hierarchy with each other mm -hmm. and um we just weren't in a position when it was happening to be able to ultimately be the top of that hierarchy where we can manage it effectively yeah right mm -hmm. Very much so. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the situation, right? Like, but, but, you know, we just like, we see so many people run into, like, it was funny. Like, I got that email this morning after, like I said, that was the second one in five days. And I was just like, motherfucker. Like, people just like got, like, people are putting them in a position, putting themselves in a position too much where, where, this kind of stuff is going to happen. And I just see it all the time. I see people adopt dogs and I'll watch how they interact with those dogs and I'll watch the things they post online and stuff. And like, God damn, like, like the things they're doing are just, they're going to create a problem. Right. Like I even like even households where like the dogs have never fought, but like, you know, I work with a lot of people where it's like a, a, a guy and a girl are moving in together and they both have dogs and they want to introduce them. And yeah. Like, like like the, I'll, I'll, I'll just like tell them like you really can't be having all this furniture access right now. You really need to like for the first month of doing this when they're out together, have it be short and sweet and like, you know, not be interacting with the dogs and petting them and touching them and this and that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they have such a hard time with it. But it's like I'm, I'm putting these things in place to make sure you don't run into a serious, serious, serious issue. 
right? Mm-hmm. Luckily, in our case, right, like, just the dogs got injured. You know what I mean? I think Kate got, like, one puncture breaking up, like, the first fight or something yeah. like that. But, like, she was fine, right? Like, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody's okay. But, like, I told you, the one client literally broke her arm, yeah. right? This other client broke her wrist, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if you're by yourself and, like, that happens and you break your arm and, like, you need to get yourself to the hospital, but your dogs are also, like, still fighting. Like, I mean, like, it could get really scary to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was something yeah. for me that was hard. It's like, you know, you're talking about like PTSD and stuff like that, like getting two individual phone calls mm-hmm. from, you know, my now wife that the dogs were like trying to kill each other, you know, and yeah. there was nothing I could do about it from afar. Mm-hmm. Like for a while after those, anytime I'd get a call from her at work, it would be like immediately I'd my, my heart would like drop because I was like, oh my God, like, please tell me, <laughs> you know, again. like again. nothing is happening again. Yeah. Right. And that that was like hard to get past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I just like people don't like this gets back to the big conversation we've been talking about the entire time we've been doing this podcast, which is like dogs are dogs, man. Yeah, they're not fucking babies. No, right? Not you could all. love your dog so much, you could think your dog is so perfect, right? But when push comes to shove, any of these fucking dogs have the ability to kill other dogs. And or other people. Yep. And it happens. It's not like it's just they have the ability to. Like, that happens, Mm -hmm. right? The amount of times we hear stories about dogs that have killed other dogs. You hear on the news dogs that kill other people. Dogs that kill their owners. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a fucking scary reality. And we have to take this shit more seriously. And we have to stop making excuses for our dog's poor behavior. If you have a dog that has aggression issues and you cannot get a handle on that aggression issue, you are not going to be able to manage that forever. Yeah. You know, and you might think you could manage that forever, but you are putting so many people, so many dogs and yourself in such a dangerous position. Yeah. If your management fails. Yep. Right. Exactly. Which is why I really, really genuinely live by this kind of mentality of you need to fucking get this shit under control. Yep. 100%. Getting back to that, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a, at the at the, the ending note of that is, you know, you had two fights, separate times, but hey, you got over it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not impossible mm-hmm. to get through uh, yeah. two dogs fighting. Like you no, can, it's it's not at all. Yeah, you can you can have a cohesive relationship with it, but you just have to have, you have that to take structure. it very, very, very seriously. Yes, and exactly. you have to take it very seriously the first time it happens. Yep. Exactly. So kind of a wild one to come back on there. Yeah. Oof. But, Oof. but you know what? Shoot. Like, what for like the last I feel like two months you were like, Man, I, I think we, we need talk to talk about, about it. And then talk look, you got those two emails and it just worked Sparked out. It. So so that's what we got for you guys today. Um Hope you enjoyed. Hope learn, you enjoy it. Learn something new today. If you guys have questions on it, let me know. And then one last point, like those emails, like again, like a lot of people send me emails after hearing a podcast like this or seeing something on TikTok and they want tips. Guys, I I can help you dissect the situation, obviously, but you really, like if there is any fighting shot of you getting past this, you need to work with somebody directly, whether that's like actually doing virtually virtual coaching, you know? Mm-hmm. Or an actual trainer that knows what they're doing that you could hire. Like, I'm not going to be able to give you just via an email a couple of pointers on how to work on the situation. 
right? Yeah. So uh, if you are looking for help with this kind of stuff, I do do virtual coaching, $150 an hour, do it via Zoom. Hit me up, shoot me an email if you're interested in it. Um, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to end it on that. All right. You guys have a great day. All right, gang.